It's like a mass exodus. I don't, I, I don't think the second coming's come, or that uh, uh, rapture hasn't been here, but uh, uh, I know it hasn't because I wouldn't be here. Um, but uh, looking forward to a wonderful service this evening. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come and worship you this evening. Lord, I pray that your uh, presence would be in our presence tonight. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and get, get your hymn book and turn to 571. We'll do a couple songs tonight since it's a little small crowd. <laughs>
316. And so you, uh, uh, I hope that's committed to your memory. But we're wanting to uh, memorize scripture. And I tell you, the easiest way to memorize scripture is through song. And so I hope that you'll uh, put that to memory. All right, it's a privilege to have Brother Jong with us. Uh, this evening. Uh, he's been with us uh, at our church a few times and probably four or five times now, I guess. And uh, he's been faithful uh, to um, uh, to encourage me on Sunday mornings. I believe almost every Sunday morning he sends me a uh, verse and says he's praying for me. And I appreciate uh, this man and his friendship. And he's doing a great work. He's started many ministries and uh, he's uh, trying to praying about another ministry in Singapore. So you pray for him as the uh, Lord leads him and directs him. And uh, so I'm going to have him come. And he, there was a request to sing a couple songs or a song or two. So you come and do as the Lord has you. Now here it is again. <laughs> always remind me when I come back to the stage, they say, Brother Jong, you just need to eat so that you will grow. I said, every time I come to the stage, you tell me about eating and growing. Yes, I said, I always grow, but I'm just growing sideward. <laughs> I said, I want to grow upward. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to see you all again, and the Lord's been good in the past couple of years that I was away from you all by the grace of God, and uh, the Lord has allowed us to start our fifth church by the grace of God last year. And uh, do pray for me that the Lord will bless this trip and uh, provide what is needed for me to go to, to Singapore as well and finish what has to be done in the Philippine ministry too. I need, still need to build two church buildings for the, the last two mission works that I started. And uh, do pray for that and uh, please pray for me. I needed more uh, mission partners and uh, church that will going to take me on for support. So... Pray that the Lord will bless the trip. I'll be all the way to the south after Indiana. I'll be traveling all the way to Texas uh, with my girlfriend. Uh, you must be wondering, who is that pastor? That's the, the lady in my car. And she's a nagger. <laughs> uh, first time I went out for deputation and uh, was driving all the way to North Carolina. And my wife called me and she said, where are you going today? And I said, I'm headed out to North Carolina. And she said, you by yourself? And I said, yes, yes, honey, I'm by myself. And all of a sudden, that, that thing said, in 0.5 miles, with a very sweet voice, turn right. And my wife said, I thought you're by yourself. And I said, yes, I am. And who's that lady just, just 0.5 miles a while ago? Uh, I said, that's a GPS. They call that GPS. It's something that will tell you direction where to go here in the United States. And I said, who is that that says 0.5 miles? And I said, I said that's, that's, a, that's a GPS. And back then, there's no video call on phone, so I cannot show what it is. She shut up the phone. <laughs> and I said, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> GPS. And I said, turn right, and it's one way. <laughs> I said, turn left, and it's a dead end. <laughs> and you just keep calling, recalculating, recalculating. Want to, go, want to bring you back to the same place that says, it's not passable. <laughs> but the Lord's been good, and uh, I'm just glad to be back tonight, and I hope this song would be a blessing to you. I just feel so small behind this pulpit still. <laughs> Do you know how it 
small voice You just keep dismissing Do you know how it feels To be troubled inside And to think just for you On the cross someone died Do you know how it feels When he knocks to surrender Have your sins washed away Never to be remembered And know that it's real Ain't it good to know sing you another song but uh, the last time I was in a place I think when I was still younger as if like I'm still young <laughs> I sang for a meeting and they say hey that was a good singing and I said and they said that should be put, that should be put on tape and I said my song man and said no your mouth <laughs> just put a tape on your mouth so you won't sing again <laughs> but uh, 
it's a blessing to be with you all tonight and uh, I hope that the Lord will going to be uh, to guide us tonight as I share the word of God like I promised those churches that I've been into I said I don't preach long because I only got a minimum English probably about 25 minutes good English and after that we will going to have a uh, speaking in tongue service tonight <laughs> Me preaching Tagalog and you're listening in English. <laughs> but even let that happen as soon as I run out of English, we'll be done by then. Amen? Amen? In the Philippines, when we say, in the Philippines, we say good evening. In English, we say magandang gabi. That's a Tagalog for uh, good evening. And when I say it in my dialect, I'll say naimbag ngarabi. And then you go to another village, they will say, mayap yapung bengiki kayo. So it's just totally different. In my country, we have 81 different dialects. So you go probably three miles down the road, they speak another dialect that you don't have any idea what they were talking about. So I have to learn at least, I have to learn at least four extra languages in the Philippines. So all you know, I could speak five different language and uh, English will be the sixth one. And I'm still confused until now. I'm, I never made it halfway to what those people's talking about in the Philippines. In the United States, I learned you only have three different kinds of English, I think, or four different kinds of English. The good English, the hillbilly English, the redneck English, and the black English. <laughs> I was in Florida. I was going inside the church, and there's a black guy behind me say. Hey, yo, hold it door, I'm behind you. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I said, hold it door, I'm behind you. He means, hold the door, I'm coming behind you. I said, if you write that in paper, I still don't understand what an hold it is. <laughs> and they say, young ones and maters and daters. <laughs> and they say, those hillbilly. And I said, well, how about you? What kind of English you said? And I said, I got my no-neck English. <laughs> I have my necktie that used to be a necktie, but now it's a chin tie because it doesn't have a neck in there. But I'm glad I found mine in the last couple of months, and Pastor did so. Praise the Lord for that. When I met Pastor Brown a while ago by the door, he is, and I said, wow, Pastor had drink. <laughs> Amen. But this morning, uh, this evening, I would like to share to you about the subject of uh, how far could our faith will going uh, to take us. How far our faith will going to take us. If you have your Bible with you, please open with me in the book of Hebrews chapter number 14. Hebrews chapter number 14 in verse, oh number 11 in verse number 8, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse number 8. And we will going to pick one of the heroes of faith in the book of Hebrews by the name Abraham. And we will try to see how it will going to help us tonight on how far our faith will going to take us. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 8, the Bible says here, By faith, it says, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned into the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in, a tabern in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse number 10, for he looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Shall we pray? Most gracious God and heavenly Father, I seek your grace tonight to help me to preach thy word clearly to your saints tonight. My prayer, dear Lord, is that you put the right uh, word into my lips, that I may be able to edify your saints and encourage them tonight on how far our faith could take us. All these things we pray in the most precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Here is Abraham here. If we were going to look after his history in Genesis chapter number 11, if you could go there with me. Genesis chapter number 11 on, the, on those last verses of Genesis. We could find the history of Abraham knowing that he is a man from Mesopotamia. Which is of today, which is later on was called Babylon and later this is called Iraq. But during that point of time, Mesopotamia was the center of, of culture. It is the center of economy. It is where everything that uh, everything is thriving secularly and economically. And uh, we can see there that Abraham, along with his father, they are they are thriving in business. They are they are, they have a name in that place. But the Lord had called Abraham out of Mesopotamia, and the Bible says here in chapter number uh, eleven, verse number twenty-nine. And Abraham and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took his son-in-law, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years and Terah died in Haran. Originally, the Lord called uh, Abraham in Mesopotamia, but his father, Terah, had, had delayed his call. Don't you know that Terah's name means to delay? And one of his character, Terah, Terah is an old man. And we can find in the book of Acts that there's a little bit of stop by when, when, when Abraham ended up with, with Haran together with his father, Terah. Don't you know, my brothers and sisters, that when God calls us to do something, there will always be something that will going to cause delay on the call of God. And it's nothing but the old man. And not until the old man died in verse number 32 that Abraham was able to take heed on the call of God again. My encouragement to you today is that the Bible, like the Bible says in the book of Timothy, that, that old men should die and that we need to put on the new men so that we can hear the voice of God and we can see the leading of God in our lives. And here is Abraham here. He left Mesopotamia. He left his family there. He left the thriving business. And the Bible says, not knowing whither he went. But the only thing that, had, that Abraham had is that faith in God and he is, he is looking for God's direction. He is, he is heeding to, the, to God's call. And he is looking for a future. He wants to set his future. He wants to set his career. He wants to set his family on a place where the builder and maker is God. I would like to encourage you tonight, young people, that when you seek for your career someday, when you start to plan for your future someday, make sure that you plan and seek for it out of your faith, on your faith in God. No matter whither you go, make sure that you build your future and career on the hands of God and the maker of everything. And here is Abraham, he went out of that, and, and it's not an easy way following the Lord. He went all the way to, to, to Canaan, marching down, looking for that place, Canaan. And he even, he even ended up in Egypt and almost lost his wife out there. So the Lord, didn't promise, the Lord didn't promise us a bed of roses when we obey his call. Sometimes they'll say, okay, it's a bed of roses. Probably it looks like a bed of roses, but I won't lie down on a bed of roses with the thorns on it. 
Sometimes they, them young boys will say, hey, you just say yes to me, be my girlfriend and my wife. I promise you, I will make you lie down in a bed of roses. Oh, make sure that's just, that's just the flowers and the thorns not in there. <laughs> but here it is. Here, it, here is Abraham. He went down all the way to Egypt and went back up again. But what we can see here, that the thing that kept Abraham going through his face, that he has the call from God. And we can find two things here. Abraham didn't left. Abraham by himself, but he got sorrow with him, and he got lot with him. One thing that we could be we could be encouraged today is that Abraham was called, Lot was not called, but Lot associated himself with the man of God. Lot associated with himself with the man who had faith in God, and when God blesses Abraham, Lot was blessed along with him. When we try to find company or person that we want, to be, we want to associate with, associate ourselves with the people who have faith in God. Because when God blesses, I'm very sure you will be blessed also. And in chapter number 14, they have a strife out there. In chapter number 14, uh, number 13, all, the, all their, their, their uh, inheritance, all their, their wealth has grown so big. And the servants were striving against each other for a place of pasture. And Abraham told Lot, Hey Lot, he said, we need to, take, uh, take, to, 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 uh, to go to part ways now. And he said, we, we will we'll be, we'll be bread. And said, but we cannot have a stripe against each other. So here it is, Lot, look around you. He said, there's a plenty of land around us. And he said, make your choice. If you go on the south, then I'll go on the north. If you go on the west, then I'll go on the east. And this is the big difference between the two men when they make their, their, their decisions in life. Abraham has a call and Lot had a choice. And when Lot make his decisions, he looked after Sodom and Gomorrah and he exercised his choice. He see the wide pastures in there. He see the flourishing place of Sodom and Gomorrah outwardly. But he never knew what kind of corruption lies inside Sodom and Gomorrah. But he took the way to Gomorrah. But Abraham got his call. And when he made his decision, he made the right choice. And here they are in chapter number 14. Uh, Shadalomer in verse number 1 had captured Sodom and Gomorrah. And he took Lot and his family along with, the, with those, of those, of those who he had captured. And they became captives of Shadalomer. And in verse number 13, Abraham came to know about it, that his brother was taken by Shadolomer. And what he did here in verse number 15, in verse number, number 15, he, he, he called his trained servants to go and fight along with him. Can you see on the, on the way, on how far the faith of Abraham had, had brought him? The Bible says his servants were not warriors at all. And then they were facing Shadolomer and another nation that, that allied with him. And they have thousands of soldiers, trained warriors. And Abraham, Abraham wanted to rescue his brother Lot. And he called his trained servants. I could say, my brothers and sisters, these servants were not warriors. But they stepped out to join Abraham for that battle. Because they were trained under the footsteps of Adam's faith. And they went out together with Abraham and fought Shadolomer. There's about more than 300 trained servants that went out with him. And the Lord gave them the victory. 
But don't you know, my brothers and sisters, today, our faith is taking us as far as we could. But let me tell you today, this faith will going to make us face and see our daily battles every day. Don't you know that you and I are in constant battle every day? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 6 that we need to put on the whole armor of God. Christianity, my brothers and sisters, is not a playground. It is a battleground. When I arrived in uh, February 23 uh, here in the United States, I land in, 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 in LA. That is my port of entry. And there was never in my life that I needed a restroom so bad. Very bad. Can you imagine me pulling my trolley and I was walking with my knees joined like that? <laughs> and I was looking for a restroom so bad. And I get inside that airport and I went right in front of that restroom that says, All gender. And I say, what does all gender means? And I was waiting there to find out what is it. I don't know if, what is this just for male or female or a male and female could go right inside at the same time. And I was waiting by the door and a lady came in and a birded guy came in the same way. And I said, how are they going to use the, the restroom together? And he says, all gender. And I asked the lady, any gender can get in? And he said, yes. It is your, or your orientation. What do you feel about yourself? So if I say, I'm a gay, I'm a lady, so I can get in together with another woman. So it's very bad. So I have to walk down another couple more, couple more steps asking, where's the restroom here? And they pointed me out on another corner. And I went out and they say again, all gender. And it's just the same as the first one. How about which pastor you have to try LA airport sometimes and find out what's inside that all gender thing is. <laughs> But, but praise the Lord, there's another one on the far corner that says male and female. So I said, I'm good with this. I'm good. But all gender. We are, we are living in a society right now that you cannot correct something that is wrong without being called a racist. Without being called harsh. Without being called judgmental. We are living in, in a generation right now that, that the truth becomes a lie. And the lie becomes the system. We can see the, the political structure of our world today. I say world because it's not only in America. It's also, it's also in the Philippines. And it's all over the world that corruption and illegality becomes the, becomes the, the podium of what they call what is right right now. And our school is taking off God from the school. They are taking prayers out of the school. I'm glad in my country they have a vote against Samsung. Same sex scares about a couple of weeks ago. There's there's a there's a woman that there's a transgender that wanna sit in the Congress and she is pushing the same sex marriage law. And they voted about two weeks ago. I'm glad we still have some senators that have sanity in their head. Fourteen voted no, and five voted yes, and the other five said we're still waiting, but we don't care about them all. We had fourteen no, so we were good with that. So same sex marriage was not approved. But it is creeping really fast in our community. And, and here, my brothers and sisters, we can see that the constant battle that we are into, that the devil on these very last days, my brothers and sisters, if it cannot come and get you, let's be sure that it will come after your loved ones. It will come after your children. It will come after your mother, your father, your neighbor, and your friends. And here in, the, in this Bible, in the Bible says the enemy was consistently uh, going against against Abraham. Our faith will going to expose us to see who the real enemy is. 
And in the same chapter, in verse number 17, after, in verse number 16, the Bible says, And he brought back all the goods after the victory, and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the woman also, and the people. In the journey of faith, I could say we will lose someone. We will going to lose a lot of things in the journey of faith. I lost a lot of friends when I stepped out in faith. When I decided to serve the Lord, I lost a lot of friends. They, some, some have mocked me. Some are laughing behind my back. They don't want to do it in front of me because they know me. They are still afraid what I am about to do to them. They try to laugh, laugh in front of my face. I can still do the Jujutsu, Muay Thai and everything. I don't know if it's still in there. It's 2018. That was 19 years ago, the last time I did. But they were still afraid to do it right in front of me. But I, I'm sure I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of good, of, of, uh, I called company when I was still in the world. And let me tell you this, that don't you know that God is in business of bringing back the things that we lost for Him. Just a couple of years ago, I won three of my good friends that I lost way back then. They are the ones who thought I changed, who said I changed, and I left them behind. But by but, 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 but the, but the grace of God, I was able to invite them into the church, and they got seven. Three of them are demons of their respective churches now. I thought I lost my best friends before. Don't you know that God is in the business of bringing back the things that we lost? He is in the business of bringing back that lost coin. Discerning the nine, just looking after the lost coin. He is in the business of bringing back the prodigal son. He is in the business of bringing back the things that we lost along the way when we decided to obey Him and, step, and, step, and take a step of faith. Yeah. And here we are when He takes His step of faith in verse number 17. Somebody would like to meet Him like I told you a while ago. On the step of faith, it will going to expose you on the battlefield and it will going to expose you who your real enemy is. After the victory, have you, have you ever been in a situation that you just have a victory in the Lord? And then you wake up the following day, you have a trial coming. You have a storm coming. You have something that goes against everything that makes you happy. And here is Abraham here in verse number 17. He says, and the king of Sodom, I would say the king of Sodom here represents the devil himself. And he said, went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Shedolamer. And of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shabe, which is the king's dale. After the victory, here comes the devil and want to meet Abraham. Later on, we will see in the same chapter what he is after for. But aren't you glad tonight if the devil prepares to meet you somewhere, even before he could get to you? The Lord is in the middle of it already. In verse number 18, the Bible says, but, because there's no word but there, but I could say but, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, stepped right in between, just before the king of Sodom get to, to Abraham, the king of Salem was there already. Aren't you glad tonight before the devil would ever touch you and hurt you? The Lord is in there already. He is in between there already. And it says here, He brought forth wine, bread, and wine. The Bible says here in this, in, in this verse, And the king of Salem brought forth bread and wine. 
Haven't you remembered at one point of our life, my brothers and sisters, that we are all headed to hell? Some of you were professionals. Some of you were successful at what you are doing. Some of you were still looking what's up and coming in the future. And we were trying to invest on our lives at, and we were trying to make it good every day. But the Bible says we are all sinners. In, 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 in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the Bible says for that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Aren't you amazed, my brothers and sisters, that once upon a time in our life before we got saved, that we are on our way to hell and we were, we were supposed to be burned in hell and rot in hell forever, but right somewhere along that way, the king of Satan met you and I. And he brought forth that bread and wine. That bread and wine, the Bible says, in, in the upper room when the Lord Jesus Christ was about to be crucified on the cross, he took that bread and he said, this is my body that will be broken for you. And he said, and he picked up that wine and said, this is the New Testament of my blood. I'm glad, my brothers and sisters, that King of Salem met us somewhere and brought us his blood and his body to redeem my sin and your sin. And from then on, he became our Salem and we have peace with God. He brought forth that blood, blood and wine. And in verse, and can you see the King of Sodom here? And the Bible says in verse 19, and he blessed Abraham. In verse 20, he said, and bless him, and blessed be the most high God. And what Abraham did in verse number 20, and he gave him tithes of all. That is the, that is the, the quick reaction of somebody who has been given something. Aren't you, haven't you feel about that when somebody gives you something, you just have the joy to give back. And, and this Abraham said, he gave back his tithes to the Lord. He is just happy to give back to the Lord. When the Lord healed those ten lepers, uh, there's ten lepers, He healed them all. Those nine left and only one came back and the Lord blessed the one who came back and gave back to the Lord. And the Lord is in the business of making Himself happy when we try our best to give back to Him. And in verse number, in the verse number 20, and number 21, here we go, verse number 17, the king of Sodom was there and it took him a couple more verses to show up again. From verse number 17, he didn't show up in between. It is between the king of Salem and Abraham. And here he is in verse number 21 and said, And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, here he is, here is what he wanted. My brothers and sisters, the devil has always been a taker. But I'm glad we have... We are serving the Lord who has always been a giver. The devil could take as much as he would like to take away from us. But the Lord could give more than what he takes away from us. And the Bible says, he says here, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons. And he said unto Abram, Give me the persons. And the same verse he also say, and takes the goods to thyself. Selfishness. Don't you know that we are living in a generation now that people are just too selfish? Mm -hmm. I'm not against it, but you can see everywhere. In, in the United States, I could use a phone like this because I need the video calls to, to talk to my family. But I still use the tick 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 in the Philippines because I just say selfish. Who among you here loves selfish? 
They pick up a phone. Everywhere. The face is all over the Facebook. And sometimes they will say, Pastor, can we have a selfie? And I said, I don't like selfie. Why? Because I never find a selfie of myself that I look good. I'm always ugly on those phones. But we are living in a generation that people would like their attention all for themselves. They would like all the attentions. They would like all, all the profit for themselves. And this is what the devil would like to do on certain people. There, I have a neighbor in the Philippines. They, they are rich. The, the wife is a doctor. The, the, the father is a pilot. And he came one night to me and he said, Brother Pastor Jones, I need you to pray for my father. And I said, what's the problem, sir? He said, my, my son recently got arrested for driving under the influence of drugs. And my daughter, she just ran away with another guy again. And he said, I don't know what's wrong. We worked hard as we could, he said, and we gave them everything they wanted. They, they wanted cars, I gave them cars. They wanted money, I gave them money. They wanted to, to study in a very beautiful school. He said, I sent them to that school, but why in the world they still do this and do that? And I told the person, I said, I told the, 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 my neighbor, I said, when was the last time, I said, that you sit with your kids and your family on the dining table and you ate together? He can barely remember it. I said, when was the last time that you and your family went out together to a place and had fun and laughed together and just share simple things together? And he can barely remember it. And I said, where was the last time when you, when you and your family just walked together and go inside the church? And he can barely remember it. When was the last time I said that you have prayed with your kids and he can barely remember it? I said, he said, we don't pray, Pastor. Have you ever read the Bible with your kids? We don't read the Bible, Pastor. And I said, that's the problem, sir. You thought that your body could pay for everything, could cover everything. You thought that material things could make, could, could, could fulfill all the happiness in this world. But I said, you missed something, sir. You gave them everything, but you took away family out of your kids. My brothers and sisters, today the devil will still have, still have the same offer as he offered Christ on that mountain. He said, I could give you everything, but certainly. The devil would offer you this. He said, just go ahead and do everything for yourself. If you want your career, go ahead and be rich. Fulfill your dreams. But leave the persons to me. Leave your family to me. Leave your son to me. Leave your children to me. Leave your daughter, your son, your grandson, your grandkids, your father, your mother, your neighbor, your friend. The devil will say, just leave the person to me. And get all the goods for yourself. My brothers and sisters, today, in the last day, this is a sound of a battle cry. We need to work double time now. We need to work double time in reaching souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. We had, like I always tell my, my, my friends and churches I visited, I said, you don't have to go as far as Singapore to make you a missionary. Your mission field could be just across the table where you're, you're having your dinner every night. Your mission field probably would be as far as the next door in your house tonight. It could be as far as, as across the street from your house today. It could be as far as the, as the desk where you are sitting on your office or your school anytime soon. We have a very wide place where the devil is taking those persons and we are doing nothing. For the Lord. My brothers and sisters, the devil still have the same offer. He said, give me the persons. 
and just make good something for yourself. The walk of faith will take us farther to know who the enemy is. That faith will take us farther who know to know who the blesser is. And our faith will take us farther to know who we are, what we are, and what we need to do in this world. The Bible says we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. The light should shine that men should be able to see the light of God. And we are the salt that need to give taste to what Christianity and being a child of God is. I will end up with this tonight. How far have your faith taken you? How far from your comfort zone your faith has taken you? I'm not talking about age here. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or you are 80. The last time I saw my dad, he is, he is, he is bedridden. He is emphysema. He can get out of bed now. And one time we had to rush him to the hospital because he is catching his breath. And he can breathe, but he always got a tracks inside his packet. And the nurse was carrying him to the ICU. He was handing the track tracks to that lady. He said to that lady, Hey ma'am, he said, anytime soon today, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. But I'm prepared to go there. And he, asked, he said to the nurse, are you prepared to go there if, if you are on my situation right now and you are about to go to IC and you don't know if you will leave or not? He said, are you prepared to meet God? He is a dying man. But he still cares for soul. He's still willing to, stake out, to step out of his comfort zone. I'm not, I'm not trying to boast to you today that I say, my brothers and sisters, I'll go to Singapore. It is a step of faith. It is not my comfort zone. Starting a mission work in the Philippines is not easy. It's still as hard as anywhere else, but at least I know my ways in the Philippines. I go to those villages, I find a train, I meet a little boy, I give him a lollipop, I read him the Bible, and then I say, next, next week you come back here and bring your friends, I will bring more, and he will come back with 30 kids, 40 kids, at the end of the month, we will have about 150, 200 kids under the tree, and the parents will come, and we will witness to the parents as well, and then I will hire a house, I will rent the house, and we have little church from then on. That is how easy it is, but Singapore is different. I cannot do the same thing I do in the Philippines. But sometimes, my brothers and sisters, it's a step of faith. Coming down to the United States, some people talk in the Philippines that, hey, brother, don't sleep in Philippines again. He'll go to the United States, he will be, he will be a rich guy when he comes back to the Philippines. That's what they thought of. Everybody in the Philippines, Philippines thought when we go to the United States, we will become rich. We will have a lot of dollars as if we will go to visit Pastor Rick Brown and he have a tree behind his house that bears dollar for a food and he will just pick it up and give it away to Brother Jim. I said, that's not the way how it is. It's, it, takes a, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It is stepping out of the comfort zone. I don't even know what will happen to my family in the Philippines right now. I'll be, I'll be away for the next five months. I have my teenagers out there. I have a beautiful daughter. The last time, probably a week before I left the Philippines, a guy came and said, it's a JS prom, I don't know what kind of prom, prom, prom is that. And he said, I was, he was asking if I could allow him to date my daughter. And I said to him, I said, son, if you can look on the crown of my head and the sole of my feet, and you find me not enough to tear you into a pieces, I said, do ask me that question again. <laughs>
But I have a beautiful daughter. There's a lot of guys that would like to court her. She's just 15 years old. And I say, no courting. I will exercise my mobile. I give you so good on everything. Just to you, you can come close to my door. I have a teenager son. I have a young boy. I have a wife. We live in a difficult situation now. Where there is a lot of crimes all around. And I'm the father of the house and I'm away from my family because the, because the mission failed demands it. It is a step of faith. My brothers and sisters tonight, how far could your faith take you from your comfort zone just to hear and obey the call of God in your life? I believe every Christian today has a personal call coming from God. And you know what that is? The Bible says in, in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that we shall be witnesses to our Jerusalem, to our Samaria, and praise the Lord to the outermost part of the world. How far would your faith will take you from where you are sitting at tonight and obey the voice and call of God? God bless you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I do appreciate the message tonight. How far will your faith take you? And uh, each one of us have been dealt a measure of faith. And how far are you willing to take that? Are you willing to trust the Lord? I encourage you to find a place at the altar and just, and, uh, just turn it over to the Lord. Say, Lord, wherever you lead, I will follow. He may call someone tonight to the mission field. He may call us just to our next door neighbor. He may call us to our co-worker. How far are you willing to follow? Trust the Lord. I encourage you to find a place at the altar. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for the good message we've heard tonight. Lord, how we've been challenged to, uh, to trust you and to just um, Lord, stretch our faith. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each heart tonight. Lord, that we would be obedient to wherever you, uh, however you bid us. Lord, thank you again for what you're going to do. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. God has spoke to your heart. Won't you come find a place at the altar?
right, thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to give you just a few announcements as the men come forward for our evening offering. I want to remind you that Sunday, next Sunday, is uh, going to be our teen service and the PM service. And then Friday, March the 30th, is our Good Friday service. I want you to be here for that, 7 o'clock here at our church, and uh, make sure that you plan on being here. Then Sunday, April the 1st, is our sunrise service. Uh, we'll have a service at 7.30, and then we'll have a, a breakfast after that. And then after the, the breakfast, we'll have Sunday school and then a morning worship service. And we'll invite everyone to come out for that. Then Saturday, April the 7th, is our prayer breakfast. And then April the 27th and 28th is our marriage couples retreat. And uh, please sign up so we have a record of that. All right, that's all the announcements I have. Um, Brother Peyton, sir, would you please ask a blessing? Thank you again for being